Welcome to the Brentwood Church Audio Podcast. As always, you can jump on over to brentwoodchurch.org or your favorite social outlet where you can find Brentwood Church and see what God is doing in this community. Now let's take a listen to this week's teaching. How you guys feeling this morning? Yeah, hey, give our veterans a hand one more time. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for putting your life on the line so that, as Kevin says, so we could be here today uh, in, this, uh, in this high school. Today, uh, we start a, a series called The Generosity Genome. Now, I want to explain the title for just a second. Generosity is pretty obvious to most of you, you know, to be uh, compassionate and giving with your resources or an opportunity. Uh, that, that's usually what it means to be generous. I'm just going to be generous with those things. But unless you're a science teacher or a geneticist, you don't use the word genome every other day. Uh, in fact, you probably have used it once in the last 10 years. So I want to explain what in the world is a genome if you forgot eighth grade science. Um, here it is. Um, it is a full set of chromosomes, all the inheritable traits of an organism, all the inheritable traits of an organism. Basically, it's our DNA. It's what we pass on to our children, our grandchildren. It was what's passed on to us. It's what makes us who we are based upon a former uh, set of chromosomes, right? So, so that, that gets passed on and it gets passed on. So what does that mean to us as a church? It means that if our vision is to lead people to new and deeper levels with Jesus Christ. In other words, hey, we always think there's a new place that we can go in Christ. Maybe it's the first step towards Christ. And that may be where you are today. Maybe you're just curious about Jesus. Maybe you're even a little bit cynical about the church, but somebody brought you here and you're like, hey, I'll give this a shot. It's still a little creepy. I don't know about singing and shouting and all that stuff they were doing, but hey, I'm here, right? Uh, So we always think there's a new step. We always think there is a deeper place too that we can go with Jesus Christ. And so what that means in in order for us to understand genome is that there are character traits, there are spiritual DNA that Christ has put in us that get unlocked through his Holy Spirit in our lives more and more as we live. So when we attach generosity to that, then we go, okay, then that means the longer I follow Jesus Christ, the more generous I'm going to be. Not just random acts of kindness, although those are great and we'll get those, but literally a lifestyle of generosity. In other words, I position my time, I position my energy, I position my finances and my resources simply to give. Like, like, I'm not just like reactionary or random. I'm just like, no, every day that I, that, I, that I wake up, I'm like, okay, there's a certain amount of time I have. There's a certain amount of resources I have. There's a certain amount of opportunity I have. And I am just going to give it away. I'm just going to be intentional about it. I'm going to practice that in my life. This is not going to be something random or reactionary. It's just who I am. Why? Because that's who Christ is. It is his spiritual chromosomes, if you will, being passed on to you and me. And so I want us to talk about today what it means to be generous and passing that down to a new generation. That's why when you walk into your grandmother's house and you see pictures of your great and great-grandparents, 
which happened to me recently. I went to my grandmother's new condominium in sort of a retirement area, and I walk into her little condominium, and, and there on the, the mantle is a picture of my great-grandparents. They were tobacco farmers in North Carolina, and, and, and my grandmother grew up on that farm, which is now a Walmart. Yeah, <laughs> she grew up on that farm, and she's 80 years old, but she might as well be 20 because she still has the vibrancy and the vitality uh, even at this, this season of her life. So I walk in, and, you know, she had just worked out that morning, and, you know, come on in, let me see. You. And, and right there on the mantle is her picture of my great-grandparents. And my great-grandfather was strangely bald. <laughs> I don't know if you've noticed that in the family. But I look at him, and I'm thinking, wow. That looks a lot like me. And maybe that's happened to you. You, you, You've gone in and you've like, I remember my great grandparents when I was like three. And, you know, and then then I was at their funeral when I was four. You know, I don't know. And, but, but wow, uh, they look like me or they look like your cousin Larry. I don't know. But there's something that's been passed down. Here's the deal the more that you and I follow Jesus Christ, the more we go to new and deeper levels, the more that we are going to take on the image of Jesus. That means by the time you get into your second decade as a follower of Christ, your third, one of the things that you should be winning on in a radical way is just being a generous person. And I'm not just talking about giving to the church, although that's, that's important. But I'm talking about just giving. Being a giving person. In fact, look what it says in Acts chapter 20. This gives us a little idea of one of Jesus's chromosomes, if you will, spiritual chromosomes. We would call them precepts or axioms if we weren't using the metaphor, but let's use the metaphor, all right? The apostle Paul says in Acts 20, 35, remembering the words the Lord Jesus himself said. So Paul is quoting Jesus. It is more blessed more favorable, more joyful, okay? It's awesome. It is more blessed to give than to receive. Now, when you first look at this, you probably argue with it just like I do. I'm like, no, I kind of like to get, honestly. I like to get stuff. I like it. In fact, um, I was in Cracker Barrel few weeks ago. My wife and I are having a little morning breakfast. Wasn't a lot of people in there. It was kind of quiet. And the, you know, the fire there is kind of crackling over there. And uh, we we're just kind of laughing and talking. And we walked over to the hearth of the fire and we warmed ourselves in the glow of our love. <laughs> As we sipped on our coffee there at the Cracker Barrel. And, and then our breakfast got delivered to our table and we walked back over and we laughed some more and we talked some more and it was, it was a beautiful moment. And finally, I said to the waitress, we're ready, um, um, check please. And she says, you know what? You're good to go. Somebody has taken care of your check. And I was like, wow, I like that. <laughs> Somebody just financed my romantic moment. Yeah, yeah, they, 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 out of love, they sacrifice something out of their own life 
to give it to my wife and I, and, and it was anonymous. They, they didn't even want me to know who it was. You ever have that feeling where somebody gives you a gift and you don't even know who to thank? You know, it's like, who do I thank? You know, maybe you got out on your front porch at five o'clock this morning like me. Not, not because I'm spiritual, but because I have a puppy. I wish I could say, and I was reflecting on the universe and God in it. But I'm out there going, I wish this dog would hurry up. <laughs> and I look up at the sky and it's bedazzled. Yeah, by God. Yeah, check out that infomercial. He bedazzled the sky to dazzle you and me. Who do you thank for that? Well, I thank God for that. I don't, I don't have to walk out and go, Man, that was a, somebody just paid for that sky. I don't know who it was, but yeah, all right, well, better get back in the house. Now I can go, wow, God. Like, I'm going to sing and shout at church. You know, Dylan's going to lead me in this song. He's going to be up here getting into it. So I'm going to get into it. Why? Because I know what it's like to be lost in all my craziness and be lost in religion. And all of a sudden, God sends someone to my life who, who clearly tells me he's crazy about me. You know, that's what we see when we see the DNA of God passed into his one and only son, Jesus Christ, is he's trying to get something across to us. There's something the more that you let Christ take over your life and become more of his image bearer, the more that you will realize that giving, giving things that God has given to you, it is going to exponentially, I mean, receiving is great, but it's going to be exponentially greater than giving, I'm sorry, than getting like you're, you're going to experience something. Now, some of you know what I'm talking about because you're, you're at that place in your, in your faith and you're in that place in your maturity in your faith where you're like, mm-hmm, I know exactly what he's talking about. I know exactly what he's talking about. I just, I order my life. I order my time to just give to people. Now, look what, God, this is a very obscure passage of scripture. John, gospel, chapter three, verse 16. I want you to find that real quick. You probably just never heard this one. Okay, you got it. All right. Verse 16. This is Jesus talking about his heavenly father. For God, God, the infinite creator, the infinite power of the universe, the bedazzles the sky and allowed you to be the chromosome that became you, right? All that and in, in between. Infinite power, infinite creator, so loved, loved, infinite compassion and grace. That's who God is. And Jesus is describing him. He's like, look, this is who God is. You want to know how he's made up? This is how he is. God is love, love. Now, what, is, what in the world does that mean? Because, you know, people love pizza, Right? Is it the same thing? For God so loved, what does that mean that he, he is about? He loved the world that he gave. Like that's what love that is coming from the ultimate 
infinite power and career. That's what that love does. It gives. Not only does it give, it gives infinite gifts. Like gifts that you can't even measure or quantify or put a price tag on. And that is his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Infinite life. So, so what do we see here? We see that God is a giver. And his motivation to give is always love. Like, that's who he is. That's what he's made up of. That's what he's passing down to you and me through his spirit and through the leadership of his son, Jesus Christ. He's passing down love. Oh, get this, over your human life, and I've already got it determined, but here's what I want you to do. I want you to get better and more mature and more flourishing in love. And we see the description of love throughout the Bible. It's patient. Oh, man. Help me love that way. It's kind. It does not envy. Really? Like, there will be a point in my human life where I won't envy as much. Like, I won't want your deal. I'll just be happy that you're, you're flourishing and that you're winning, I won't be like, man, why don't you hear that? No, I'll just be so in love with God and his love for me and his love for you. I won't just be hugging veterans. I'll be hugging everybody. Like free hugs. I love you because this is love and people will be freaked out. What's wrong with him? He just loves and he gives. Why? Because that's who God is, and he's all about it. God is a giver, and his motivation to give is to love. God does not give to manipulate us. He doesn't give to control us. He doesn't give to guilt us. He gives because he loves us. And here's the deal. The more that we grow in love, the more that we will give. Now, here's why this is important. Because some of you would say, John, if I'm honest, I totally get that. I'm not even going to argue with you about it. I believe the Bible. I believe Jesus is God's son. I believe he rose from the dead. All that. And I believe that God is a giver and he gives out of love, all of that. But if I'm honest, John, I just haven't picked up that gene yet. I, I, don't get me wrong. I'm generous to people, randomly, reactionarily. But honestly, when I get stuff and I get time, I spend it on myself. I do. I mean, I go to church, I sing the songs, I read my Bible, I serve, all that. But if there's an area of my life, if I'm just putting my cards on the table, John, I am not a very generous person. I'm just not. I, I'm, I, I like my stuff. I like my phone and my car and my computer and whatever's next and all that. And I have a little envying problem. I'm working on it. But if I'm just honest, that's my deal. In fact, uh, Randy Alcorn writes about this. He says, he says, many who say I have nothing to give spend large amounts of discretionary income on cars, clothes, coffee, entertainment, phones, computers, and so on. They have nothing to give when they're done spending precisely because they're never done spending. 
Maybe you would just say, John, if I'm honest, that's me. Here's what I hope for you. I hope that today and next week are pivotal transformation of the mind for you. I hope that you begin to see not only why we should be generous, but how we should be generous. And that it should be positioning our life to give our time and our resources. Yes, to the church. Yes, right, got it. But I'm just talking about everywhere in your life. You just give. And maybe that's today, why you came. Maybe you just needed to go to a new step in that. Maybe God's Holy Spirit has already been, he's already been kind of subtly speaking to your heart going, you know what, I want you to win on this. I want you to grow in this. I want, you, I want you to go to the next place in this. Well, God, how do I do that? Well, first, first of all, let your motivation be love. Second, position your life that way. Use the wisdom that I've given you to position your life in a way to do this. Some, some, some of you would say, you know what, John? I give. Honestly, I give. In fact, I give regularly. But you might say, but John, if I'm honest, if I'm just putting my cards on the table, I don't really give out of love. In fact, a lot of times, if I'm honest, I give because I want attention or I give to kind of control the situation. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm going to give you this, but you know what I'm talking about? You, you ever have that? Does somebody give you that? Like, here, here you go. Now, I don't normally do this but I'm going to do this for you so that dot, 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 I can control you like a puppet master. Yeah, you have those people in your family, don't you? Some of you are like, yeah, I do. I I remember uh, when we were building the ETR campus, uh, there was a contractor who uh, gave us some tickets to a national conference. And I was like, wow, thank you. I mean, thank you very much. That was very... So we took some lay people and, and uh, uh, some staff people to this national church conference. Awesome. You know, had an awesome time. You know, came back, had some, some, some cool things that, that, um, that we brought back from that, that conference. And we get into... A, a few months later, we're going through the process and I get a call from this contractor and he's angry with me. I said, well, what's going on? Well, you know, you didn't... You didn't you didn't hire us to do the job. I said, well, well yes, sir. You know, we, we, we took bids from several contractors and, and we went with one we felt was a little bit more in our, our price range. Well, I gave you those tickets. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, so I had to, okay, and respectfully just say, hey, we are so grateful for that and, and, and God did some amazing things and, and so on and so forth. I hope that our gratitude was not mistaken as a, we will do business with you no matter what the cost. I, I hope that. And, and it got really quiet on the other end of the phone. And finally, there was a hang up and it wasn't very pleasant. You ever do that? You ever give somebody a gift and you add some strings or some manipulation to it. Maybe it's subtle, or maybe you've gotten that gift, and suddenly the gift itself just seems a little icky. 
Like, you know what? You can just have those donuts. Mm -hmm. Here's the deal with God. He gives because he loves us. He gives because he loves us. It's just who he is. And you know something? I understand that we forget that sometimes. I understand that that gets convoluted in the life that we lead. Paying bills, raising kids, chasing grandkids, all that in between. I get that. But that's why we gather. And that's why we go back to the word of God. We go back to go, oh, oh yeah, I remember. He's not trying to religiousize me. He's not trying to shame me. He's trying to set me free. That's why he sent his son, Jesus Christ, because that's who God is. He just gives because he loves, and that's what love does. It gives. And that's why you and I are here, and that's why we're singing and shouting. And if you haven't done that yet, we'll give you time to do that at the end because you know what it's like to blow up your life or to lose your way or to go after religion, forget about a relationship, and for God to be so patient and come to you and say, mm, I love you so infinitely that I gave my son Jesus. And you know what? Let me pick you back up and let me get you on your way again. It's okay. It's okay. That divorce does not define you. Okay? Okay. It's okay. That, that, that addiction does not define you. We're going we're gonna to work on that and we're going to move through that. I love you. I love you. Come on. Now, here's what I want you to do. I want you to take that love that I've given you and I want you to give it away. Deuteronomy chapter eight, turn there with me. Deuteronomy chapter eight. We're gonna go back 3,000 years to the time where Israel, the nation of Israel has left slavery through the Red Sea on their march towards the promised land. So this is a very transitional moment for these ex-slaves who for four centuries have, have been living in bondage, have been living in, in the thought patterns of a slave, and now suddenly they're free. They've been chosen. They've been given God's instructions and his law and a covenant. You're my people. Y'all are crazy, but you're my people. Right? And we're heading towards the promised land. This is what God says through his prophet and his leader, Moses. Moses. Verse 16. So that in the end, in other words, I brought you out of slavery, all the way through that, into the promised land, conquer it, so that in the end, you might live impoverished, broken, disease-stricken, the laughing stock of the nations. You get that? That's what God's going to do, isn't he? Because that's what he does with us, right? He sent his one and only son, Jesus Christ, hung on a cross to not only forgive us of sin, but to save us from sin's power, resurrected him from the dead so we could live these lives of perpetual poverty Debt, brokenness, and selfishness. Amen. Let's go home. I think sometimes, though, when we get in our funk, and, and I'm saying this from 
autobiographical. When we get in our funk and we don't feel good and we're going through something physically or we're going through something spiritually and or, or we lose our job or we're just in this bad place financially or we're in this bad place. Well, this just must be who God is. You know, I guess I'm just supposed to be a loser because I'm just a loser. And that's what God wants from me. Yeah. And we do such a great PR job for Jesus when we're in that state, don't we? But look, look, look at God's heart. So that in the end, it might go well with you. Like, I want you to prosper. I want you to go into this land. I want you to, I want you to have dominion over it. I want you to work it. And it's going to bring you wealth. And it's going to bring you wisdom. And you will be generous to one another and to the nations. That's why I want it to go well with you. I want you to be my people. And I want the world to say, look at God's people. It is going well for them. And in the Bible and the spirit that God has placed in you through belief in Jesus Christ, there is a well for you place that God wants you to be. And yes, that does include working. That does include producing. And it does include being wise with it and also being generous with it. So that it will go well for you and for me. Mm. Verse 17. You may say to yourself, uh-oh. Oh, here comes, here it comes. My power. You ever watch three-year-olds playing? Frolicking about. What happens? Inevitably, when there's toys involved, and it just gets political real quick, doesn't it? It's like Congress. Don't put that in the recording. It's mine. My power. And you know, it's funny that Moses would remind the people of Israel, hey, listen, here's the deal, man. You guys have, you guys have had a tough 400 years. Whew. You know what God said? You're free. We're heading. Pillar of fire, cloud, heading to the promised land. Here's what's going to happen, though. Here's what's going to happen, Israel. You're going to go to college, right? And your parents are going to pay for it. You're going to pray for your dream job or the job that fits your skills, and you're going to get out into the world. Hello, world. Here I am. I'm educated. I have my piece of paper, my education. And you're going to get a job. And guess what's going to happen? They're going to pay you for that job. And then you're going to get an apartment or a little place, you know, whatever, you know, picket fence. You're going to start getting income. And then you're going to get into this place in your life where you think, man, look what I did. Worked hard in college and got this opportunity. 
we forget, don't we? We forget. We're, and and here's, what, here's what, if we're going to understand generosity, we have to understand what we're going to see here in, in, in this passage of Scripture. My power and the strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me. Moses says, you may say that to yourself. You may get to a place in your life where you think you are all that because you got that. It's coming. You're going to forget. You're going to have the best intentions. But you're going to get to that place in your life when you walk out and, and, you, and you got the job and you like it and you, you kind of like it and, 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 you, and you're getting paid and it's coming in and then you got that thing and it's like, man, that's pretty good. That's, I'm all right. And it's about me. He says, I produce this wealth for me. But then Moses says this. Oh, no, here it is. It yet, back up for just a second. And, and I know we talked about this before, but I, I think it's important that we talk about it again. Have your kids ever said to you, or maybe your teenagers, maybe even, I don't know, that it's my room. Does this ever happen to you? You know, just say, hey, this is, this is my room. You know, this is, this is mine. That's mine. And you, you have to, after you've knocked them out, at, you know, three hours later, say, are you okay? You, you okay? You okay? Yeah. What happened? Oh, I punched you in the face. It's okay. It's okay. That was my fist. But anyway, come on, let's get up. Let's get up. Hey, listen, just, let's just sit right there. Okay. All right. That is not your room. No. In fact, those clothes that you're on right now, they're not yours either. In fact, the breath that you just took, I own that too. You ever have that? You ever have that moment? And you know, you, it's kind of, we kind of hyperbolize that a little bit, but the reality is sometimes we have to remind even our children, this is not even ours. Like this isn't even, look, God has put me in authority over you for right now, and he is providing for you through me right now. All of this is held in trust. Remember that. But remember the Lord your God, for it is he, not you and me. It is he, not you and me, who gives you the ability to what? To produce wealth. He gave you that intellect. He gave you that skill. He gave you that opportunity. He gave you favor with the people who hired you. He continues to sustain you in that job and the next one after that. He sustained you in between when you didn't have a job. He then got you favor and opportunity with the next group and so on and so on. And so Moses says, hey, just remember it's God's money, not ours. It's God's money, not ours. He says to Israel, it's God's, not yours. So don't say to yourself, my money. That's what happens sometimes though. And so we have to have these moments where we get perspective again, where we remember again. Oh, yes, I was getting into this place 
where I was reading my Bible and I was praying and man, I was, I was winning on, on some of these sin cycles in my life. But man, when I stopped to look at where I put my time and my resources, it was pretty much all about me. Thank you, God, all over again for reminding me how I need to keep growing up. And generosity is one of those things. It's one of those things that we have to keep giving back over to God. Otherwise, we will either not give except randomly and reactionary, or we will give, but it's got something attached to it. It does. It will go well for you. It will go well for you. God wants it to go well for you. He wants you to use the wisdom and the wealth and the work that he gives you for it to go well for you. But he also wants you and me to help it go well for others. And that's why we pause at these moments and we, and we go, okay, I get it, I get it. So today, let's just get practical. If you're here today and you're just like, John, I know you're not gonna ask me to raise my hand, but in my mind, I'm raising my hand because I'm that person who, you know, I, I have a job, but I'm in high school. And so I just think, well, I'm in high school. I guess I should just eat it all. Or, you know what, John, I'm in my 60s. I've just kind of, I kind of got to the point where it's like, man, I've given enough. If that's you today, I, I hope that, I hope this was a, tra- a retransformation of your mind where you just go, you know what, I got to rethink that. I got to rethink that. God, put, put, put things in my heart today and, and impress upon me where I need to position my life, my, my energy, my time, and, and my resources to give, to give generously to the people you put in my path. That I don't have to go, man, I'm sorry, I don't have it. I just spent it on a $50 coffee. You know, it's pumpkin spice, Christmas, Zion, Baptist church, blend of the Holy Ghost. It was awesome. But I'm sorry, man, you got, you're going to have to figure it out yourself. Yeah. Maybe, though, today, let's just get practical on the other side. Maybe you, you, you physician your life to give, and you do that. And you just, but maybe today you just go, man, I do give with strings attached. I do. I, I want attention. I want control. I subtly manipulate people with my giving, and that's wrong. I just need to give because I love. God loves me. And that's what God does. Maybe you just need to rethink that. And you just need to give that to God. You say, God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Thank you. Thank you for your patience with me. Thank you for this truth today from your word where I could just remember, I just need to give because you love me and, and I love people. And you're just teaching me that every day. I love that. Hurts so good, doesn't it? Some of you, though, you give. You've prioritized your life your resources. You've, you've prioritized things in your life to give your time. And so today, maybe you just, you just sing and shout and just say, thank you, God. Thank you, God. But maybe God's working on you with something else. And so today, I wanna always open up our response stations. You know, today, maybe uh, the time where you just hey, have, have communion. 
as a follower of Jesus Christ who's reconciled with other followers of Christ. You just want to come down and remember the body and blood of Christ until he comes. You say, thank you, God, for what you've done through Jesus. I celebrate that right now, and I remember you, and you take it. Or maybe you want to light a candle for somebody who needs healing or a breakthrough in their life. Or maybe you just want to confess some things that we've talked about today or some things we haven't. But as I said to um, the first service, maybe you just want to come down here and pray. And, and here's the deal. Nobody prays alone. Nobody prays alone. If you see a couple or an individual come down, just, just, just come down and pray with them. You don't even have to just, hey, look, I'm here for you. Got your back. I'm going to pray with you. You're not alone. Or maybe you're just going to be there right there in your seat. Put your hands in your face and just say, God, help me win on this.